0: Hello, I'm Erica. Welcome to Horizon at Home. Thank you so much for joining us. I just want to start today by being really honest with you all. This past few months, I've felt empty. I've been craving and thirsty and hungry for something. And I haven't even known exactly what that is. That's where this message series was born out of this, this thirsty craving that I had in my own life and an honest answer to the question what is it that you're thirsty for is i don't know our prayer for this sermon series is that those of you who felt thirsty who've been longing and craving for something else in your life that this message series would offer an answer to that for you and it has offered an answer for me i've had to ask myself this week what is it that you're actually thirsty for and this is what I re- was reminded of in, in time with God this week. That this isn't the first time I felt empty and thirsty. In fact, the first time that I can remember feeling really empty and thirsty, I was a senior in college. I'd spent two or three years intentionally away from the church because the church that I grew up in told me that I didn't, I, I had gifts to be in ministry and mission with the people around me, but I could never lead in ministry because I was a woman because of who I was. I was thirsty and craving something more and I was told that I couldn't find it in the place that I was. So I just, I just went away from it for a while. And if I'm really honest, I found myself in a really empty and thirsty position because I just ran away from Jesus and from the church. I thought maybe I could fill my life with the right relationship. The right relationship with the right guy would, would just fill my life and I found myself my senior year in college in a pretty terrible, unhealthy relationship and it wasn't filling any needs of my life. So, so maybe if I got the right degree and the right education and the right job after college, maybe that would make me feel filled up. And I found myself teaching in a classroom in a community where most, I'll just be really honest, most of the students were black. They came from single parent families. They were thirsty and craving something more and I didn't have enough to offer them by myself. So the right job and the right volunteer position wasn't filling the thirsty craving that I had or that the people in my community had. I was craving that for my world. I literally remember one morning picking up a newspaper. This is back when they made newspapers often. It was 10 or 11 years ago now, 12 maybe. Um, I, I remember picking up a newspaper, and on the front page, it it said that, that, that people in Africa were experiencing this... Uh, Devastating drought, and they were hungry and malnourished, and they didn't have enough food, and they were like literally hungry and thirsty. And on the bottom of the page, it said that obesity rates in children in America were off the charts. They, we were seeing them at a rate that we'd never seen them before in this country, and I realized our world was thirsty and hungry. Like I real, I remember as a senior in college, a 20 year old, 21 year old, sitting there with all of these things in front of me and just realizing how empty and thirsty I was in my own life, how empty and thirsty people in my community were, how empty and thirsty people in the world was, and I just needed something to fix it. And I can't tell you why this happened, but one Sunday morning, I found myself on the front steps of a white church across the street from my apartment I stood on the steps, empty and thirsty and broken, craving something more. And an 80-year-old woman found me standing on those steps, a little too shaken and scared to walk inside. And she looked at me and she said, she said, ma'am, I'm Ellen. Can we go inside and sit together in church? And I said, yes. And as we sat down and the service started, there was a man who I would find out later was her husband. He was the the warden of the local jail for 35 years. He'd retired about five years before this, and he stood up and he got choked up and he said, I just want to tell you all that Jesus changed my life yesterday. I've loved Jesus my whole life, but I let him change my life yesterday. And I remember feeling like I wanted that to be my own prayer for my life. Like, Jesus, I want you to change my life today. And he began to describe that he had been a part of a program in the jail where he had worked for 35 years. He'd been a part of a program that that this church was offering to the, to the men in that jail. They were fa- there were men in the jail who were fathers and who needed better relationships with their children, who needed jobs and a place to live as they began to transition out of jail and back into the world as they began to re-enter society. And so this church hired counselors who worked with the men and with their children and began to help them build relationships, build family relationships that were healthy and that were good. And they brought the children and the dads together. They played games and made crafts and had real and good conversations. This church had, had made sure they had jobs as, lined up as they, as they began to re-enter They they had a home and and a place to live as they began to reenter society. And I remember him saying, folks, it changed my life to watch Jesus love these people through us. I saw these men different than I had seen them in 30 years. And he cried. He said, Jesus was changing my heart yesterday. Jesus changed my heart and my life yesterday. And I realized I wanted that for my own life. I wanted to be able to love people differently. I wanted to be able to love myself differently. I wanted Jesus to change me. And I realized as I left that church, God was just really clear with me. The way for you to experience life different, Erica, is to spend time at the feet of Jesus. A Jesus who looks at you and says, you are loved, you are gentle, you are patient, you are kind, and who stands you up and holds your face and says, now offer that to the world. That's what Jesus had done to a man who'd been a prison morden for 35 years, and that's what Jesus did to a senior in college. You are loved. You are worthy. You are good. You are kind. Now offer that to the world. Some of you may not know this this morning. You may not know what it was, what it is that you've been so thirsty for, but it's for Jesus and it's for what he offers. It's love and gentleness, kindness and compassion. And it's not this easy, right, like you just say hey and smile to the people around you. It's this radical kindness and compassion that changes the world It's a radical kindness and compassion that says, you are loved, you are gentle, you are kind, you are compassionate. Now offer that to the people that you spent 35 years looking at in a different way. Offer that to the people in the world. It's radical kindness and love that changes you. It changes the way you see the world and it's what we're actually thirsty for. Folks, I spend a lot of time telling us that to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we've got to be out in the world working and sharing that love with people. But you also have to be on the receiving end of it. You have to spend time at the feet of Jesus because that is where we will understand what it is that Jesus offers this morning. I I've been reading Galatians chapter six, the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter chapter 5, sorry, verse 22. And it says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you spend time with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give you these things. Love and joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Maybe these things are what you're thirsty for. Love. To be told you are loved for who you are. Maybe you are thirsty for joy. It comes from sitting at the feet of Jesus, from spending time with Jesus. Peace. A deep and abiding peace. If you're thirsty for that, spend some time quietly in prayer at the feet of Jesus. Forbearance. I, I heard that word recently in the news when people's loans have been have been they've been granted forbearance. They've been given a little extra time, a little extra space, a little extra kindness, a little extra grace. Maybe you are craving that in your own life. You need a little forbearance. Find it at the feet of Jesus. Kindness. For somebody to say, you are loved, you are, you are wonderful, you have something to offer to the world, kindness, goodness, some deep down goodness, some faithfulness. I've been craving that. I've been craving for people to be faithful to the mission that God has given us to shine light and ignite, change gentleness. I've been craving people to be gentle with one another. I've been craving self-control in my own life and I found it at the feet of Jesus. And here's the things, folks, we live in a world that's deeply craving these things. They are deeply craving to hear that they are loved, that there is joy, deep and abiding joy. Is there racial unrest? Yes. Is there racial injustice? Yes. Is there uncertainty about the future? Yes. Do we know what it's gonna look like when, if and when things are Ever going to return? Is school ever going to be back to normal? We don't know. But can we find peace and joy anyway? Yes, if we spend time at the feet of Jesus. Folks, there is a world longing for forbearance, not just from the loans that they found. But they need a little extra space to to catch up, to catch their breath. Can you give them that space today? Who's somebody that you can reach out to and offer forbearance? Because it's a fruit of spending time with Jesus, kindness and goodness. Not just not just a hi, how are you? The nice, like soft good. But but the kindness that radically changes the life, the kindness that goes into a prison and says, hey folks, you are loved and there's a different way to live, live life and we're going to figure out what it looks like for us to put the gifts, the few gifts that we have together so you have a place to live when you come out of prison and out of jail. We're going to make sure to walk with you every day. We're going to call you at 8 a.m. and make sure you're headed in to the job and because you are ready for this. It is it is a radical kindness and it comes from experiencing the radical kindness at the feet of Jesus, and then it overflows into a world that needs it. Folks, in order to overflow these things that the world desperately needs, love and joy, gentleness and peace, forbearance and kindness, faithfulness and and self-control, in order to offer these things to the world, we have to receive them at the feet of Jesus. And then they overflow from a life connected to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This morning, we're going to end the service by singing a song with my friend Warren. He, he lives in Orlando, and he's going to sing, Take My Life and Let It Be. Consecrated Lord for Thee. For You, Jesus, take my life and let it be. Let me find these things. Let me receive these things at your feet, and let me offer them to the world. Against such thing, there is no rule or no law. I can't tell you the amount of time that it's going to take It's not going to take five minutes and 50 seconds. It's not going to take six feet. I don't know the exact rule right? I don't know the exact law when, the, when you will receive enough of these for them to overflow, but you will know by spending time at the feet of Jesus. This week, can we pray, Lord, just every day when you wake up, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for Thee. Take my life, Lord, and let it be yours that I may overflow my kindness and gentleness, my goodness and my patience into the world around me. And this is why I say this, because, because the people around you need it. Your friends need you, your significant others need you, your spouses need you, your children need you, your community members need you, your work colleagues need you to overflow a life that is connected with Jesus. Folks, shine light and ignite change this week because you've received the light and change that Jesus offers to you. Amen.